Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. This week, we're going to dive into chapters 19 through 21 of Incense and Sensibility. We are getting close to the end. Before we jump into the chapters, we want to talk a little bit about what we are currently watching. Should I start? You should start. <laughs> Honestly, I, you wrote this name on the outline and I have no idea what this okay. is. So please get into it. Yeah. So I watched this show called All That Glitters on HBO Max. Think Great British Bake Off, but with jewelry. Oh. So it is a sort of friendly competition between all these different jewelry makers, both either self-taught or they have worked their way up through apprenticeship. Each episode, they have to make a showstopper piece, I think it's called, or bestseller piece, something that would like be commercially sold, but still within their style. Mm. And there's a bespoke piece that is for a client oh. who comes in. So they're like, I need a special brooch for my wife who is getting honored and they get like five or six hours to make something and it is truly amazing because jewelry is difficult and they have to make something incredibly difficult within that tiny time frame which normally these people have their workshops and they're at it for like weeks or like months who knows how long trying to make something really special and unique and they have just five hours to come up with something i think it's still a little bit like great british bake-off where they've already they come in with their ideas already Mm -hmm. ready Mm -hmm. and so they already know what they're gonna do they have the materials they want to use they just need Um, to make it they just need to make it which like it's literally like with any challenge everything needs to go perfect and hardly ever does everything ever go perfect i have no idea how jewelry gets made i feel like occasionally i'll see a tiktok about how people make custom things i mean it's a lot of craftsmanship and it's a lot of tools and melting you have to melt things yeah 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 there's a lot of skills that go into it so it's really fascinating if you're at all interested in jewelry or just want a friendly competition show feel free to check it out I have a very different take on the thing that I've watched. Um, So there is now a movie on Netflix based on a Jojo Moyes novel. She wrote Me Before You, which was made into a hit movie. This movie, in my humblest opinions, less of a hit. You know, it's got a lot of great ingredients. It's kind of like an affair to remember meets letters to Juliet. Okay. Where in the modern world, our star is Felicity Jones living in London. She's a journalist. And she's looking through some notebooks for from their uh, paper's archive. And she finds a love letter of like two people who had an illicit love affair. And then we sort of cut back to the 1960s where we meet Shailene Woodley and Callum Turner, who played Frank Churchill in Emma. She's a wealthy, wealthy woman and her very rich, but, you know, sort of like businessy kind of ignores her wishes. Uh, husband is played by Joe Alwyn, who is apparently Taylor Swift's Boy toy. Oh. Yes. He looks, in my humblest of opinions, he looks like a t 
teenager in this film. I think he's just got one of those faces. Mm. But, you know, he ignores her, leaves her in the south of France while he does business in London. And then she falls in love with Callum Turner's character, who's like this journalist. And she's going to leave her husband for him. But then on the way to the train station, she gets hit by a car. She's (gasps) in a terrible accident, loses her memory. And so moves, like lives for a couple years, not even knowing that this thing happened and that she was in love with him. Mm. And basically, uh, you know, Felicity Jones and her love interest discover this in the present day and and try and piece together what Mm. happened. There are certain things in the film that I feel like it was not very character driven E. And, uh, you know, I did not think it was 10 out of 10. I would rate it like a five out of 10. Oh God. (laughs) Most of it is Shailene Woodley's outfits and her makeup. Okay. Phenomenal costumes. Oh, nice. It's not, it's not compelling. You know, I wish that I had a great thing that I saw recently to talk about. But I watched this the other day and... If you have time to kill, it's like it. It's like, <laughs> you know, if you want to see a period film, like 1960s South of France, boom. There's my pitch okay, for that. Okay, all right. Let's go ahead and dive into Incense and Sensibility. Previously, China dropped a bombshell that she's quitting her job and moving to South Korea to be with Song, even though Song didn't ask her to. India told Yush that she can't help him with his problems, even though the two of them can't stand being apart. Yeah, so in chapter 19, we basically pick up where we... Very shortly after we left off with Yush and Nina, where they were on a morning show together, she dropped the F word, fiance. And um, it's just sort of like made the their lie all that much bigger. Yeah. And so now Yush is finally home at his parents' house. He's been kind of back on the campaign trail. He's been closer to his old self, but now he's visiting his parents with Nina and they're like, surprise. Nina's parents are coming over and we're going to have a little ceremony to celebrate your guys' engagement. Yay! He's truly caught off guard because like even he pulls Trisha aside and he's like, why wouldn't you have warned me about this? He actually pulls like a you work for me card. I'm like, oh, come on there. (laughs) But like he is totally caught off guard. He should have been at least somewhat prepared for this. I know he's like off his game. But all we've really heard about Yush before reading this book is how on top of it he can pivot, he can improv, he can do this. He can do that. Everyone in the world just learned that his fake girlfriend is his fiance, and then his parents are like asking him questions, and he's like, "What's with the questions?" And I'm like, "I I know what's with the questions." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he like lashes out at his family. He's yeah, like, can we not do this? And I'm in the. He tries to come up with the excuse of like, I'm campaigning, like not now, but it's been ten years. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're engaged, we love. We're going to cling on to this because who knows when you're going to get down the aisle. So we'll probably revisit that in 10 years. So we're going to make the most of this now. I'm sure that's hurtful for him because they're right. They're right. And it's, they just, they have no idea like the true nature of their relationship. And he obviously, this is why in the last episode, we were bemoaning the fact that Yash doesn't have friends because like he crafted this lie or his family. Yeah. Obviously, there's no one in his family that he's been secretly confiding in about this. When Nina comes over with her parents and her, her father is this very loud, sort of like big personality doctor. And he's like, I finally have a son. It's yeah. it's just really too much for him. He pulls her into the next room where, I mean, this is just like the ugliest I think any of these characters in the books have ever been. 
basically, Yash pulls Nina aside and he's like, why are you treating our arrangement like it's a real relationship? And she's kind of of the opinion of like, it could be real. You're the thing standing in the way of us being real. And he's like, you know, I I just don't want to lie anymore. And then she's like, you know, it would be a really cowardly thing to back out now. Julia Wickham was sniffing around last year. I'm one of the few people in the world who know about this scandal. And if she comes sniffing around, I'm just saying I'm not going to stick by you. Like, it's going to look really bad if you dump me right now. One of his arguments to her, too, of like why she kind of goes to that really threatening place is he's like, don't we both deserve love? Like, don't you want to be in love? And don't you want to like not live a lie? This is where she's like, where, what are you talking about? Like, who are you with then? That's where she's starting to pick up like, okay, if you're not, if you're talking about love, that's not with me. So it's gotta be with someone else. So who is she? What's her name? I know how to end you. I know so much about you. So you either better get with a plan Or like you said, like, I can feed so much info to Julie Wickham and ruin your life. It's just like such a dark place because she's manipulating him so hard. She's really like using the election to emotionally blackmail him. I mean, this was the plan. He's not crazy for knowing that this was the plan. And now she's acting like it's absolutely crazy of him not to want her now that they've got this momentum. And, you know, I I think that part of why they haven't worked is because he has very difficult feelings with romance and intimacy. and, And it's worked really well for him to not have to confront that for the last 10 years because he's been in a relationship But now that she's like, no, I think it would actually be easier if we just do this. And honestly, it is easier if they just do this. Like, I got to say, like, I I really support Yash saying that he doesn't want to live a lie. But I mean, wouldn't it be so easy if you never had to admit to the world that you had a fake relationship for 10 years with a woman? And the reason why is because you haven't wanted to face your own personal demons. Like, you know, focusing on your career, I feel like is only one piece of that. A lot of it is the fact that he's healed wrong mentally and he doesn't want to confront that. Yeah, I mean, he's right now seeing it as like 10 years. Like that's so long. But like, would you rather it be 20 years or 30 years? Like he has the power still to stop this, but he's been too afraid to really go forward with it. And confronting Nina has been like his first big step to actually making that possible. But she keeps like throwing it back in his face. And I mean, even he brings up like this arrangement also works for you because you get the backing. Like you become now the wife to a governor. And so you're going to get more funding for the different things she's working on. So she's as much benefiting from this as he is. So that's why she wants this arrangement to work. But I think he's also been trying to figure out like, does she have feelings with for me? Like, am I, is this like a breakup, like a proper breakup? Or is this like her taking advantage of me? And then he kind of wakes up and realizes, oh, she's taking advantage of me. This doesn't have the same look uh, as the Julia Wickham situation, but it's been 10 years of deception in an, and manipulation in a very different way. I think it's really jarring for him because the whole reason he trusts her, like she's the only person he trusts with this arrangement because they were so close and they were such yeah. good friends and and they were very, like they both wanted to focus on themselves and their own careers. I think part of the issue is marrying Yash would be a huge boost in her career because what we kind of learn is that Nina has a really big donor for her nonprofit 
it's not like she needs to be the first lady of California to get this money, but he's going to want to pull out if there's a scandal. And it's kind of, I mean, like, you know, how does that look for you too? Like you're almost 40 and it find and you like, it comes out that you've been pretending to date the go- the almost governor of California for 10 years to yeah. whatever, you know, there's no way this plays out well for either of them. Well, and I mean, that that's the thing she points out too. Is like, so if you leave me and then you go and date someone else, you will have just broken up with someone after 10 years, you got elected and you're with someone else. That looks horrible. Now this looks like you are just another successful man who is abandoning someone who's been with you for so long. I don't care that we're not really together. That's how I'm going to spin this. Well, and she doesn't even have to. Like, the press will do the work for her because that's really the situation that she's in. And everyone's telling Yash that the best thing he can do for himself, the best thing that he can do for other people is to win this election. And he's not going to win if there's a scandal of this magnitude, you know? Or maybe he will. You never know with, you know, politicians. He's really coming from this place of just like, don't botch the election. Don't botch the election. Don't like, he has one job. Like, what was it? A couple uh, chapters ago, we learned someone said the election is his to lose. Yeah. yeah, And something like this, dumping your doting fiance after 10 years for a yoga instructor is not a phenomenal look. No. I just like... For someone who, like, politics is his whole life and he knows how crucial the image of a politician is, like, why didn't he end this so many years ago? I think, like, the lie could have taken them for however long they needed it to, but then he just wasn't strong enough to break it up because I think he saw Nina as someone who was looking out for him and who was trustworthy, but he sees, like, no, she hasn't been this trustworthy person that he thought she was. Well, I think their arrangement works as long as they want the same things. Yeah. And now they want different things. That's true. And that's sort of... as It's complicated about any relationship between two people, but especially one where, like, the romance isn't there, but they, you know, they basically told the world, we are what you think a couple should be. Yeah. And in her mind, it, it must... Like, it would be so much easier if he just felt that way about her and just wanted to try. I think no one's acknowledged how much Yash has changed after the shooting. Yeah. No one is willing to admit that he's changed. Nope. And so when that happened, he also realized so many of his priorities too. Of like, what are the things that are most important to me? Is this something that is still giving me life? Is this still something I want to be part of? And he's realizing like this relationship, this fake relationship is definitely a no. And he wants to find the way out. But everyone's like, great, we want you to heal. But we want you to heal and be the exact same person you were before this. And that's not possible. He cannot go back to being that person. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough when you're kind of on a new emotional journey of like, there's a certain point where you just need to leave your old self behind. And that's probably the hardest transition for anyone. The old Yush, everyone was so happy with. He made everyone so happy. He just wasn't making himself happy. And unfortunately, he wants that for himself now. So he's trying to self-correct and it's just gotten too big. And this is really one of those moments where he's trying to choose between public servant and politician because getting emotionally blackmailed for your reputation is a political move. You know, I mean, theoretically you could have this scandalous life and still serve your community. And you know, that's what he wants to do. I mean, it's not the scandal you think it is, but can you imagine if that happened in real life? If it like came out that, uh, 
the person who's like running for some huge elected office pretended to have a relationship with someone for years so that to protect the person they really loved like I'd be like people do that yeah it would be so bizarre I think I don't know how like the public would react and be like why honestly because I'm just trying to think if this happened in real life I'd be like I don't believe you you're just saying that to get out of trouble I'd be like what's the real scandal beneath that yes I think that would be what everyone goes to is like, cool, this is like the cover and the headline, but what's the real story? And I think that's what everyone would always wonder. I think yeah. That's what Nina is very aware of. She's like, this is going to be a headline for a second, but there's going to be the real scandal, which is like the fact that you're cheating on me. And that's how people are going to see it. Honestly, like if this happened in real life, there's no way I wouldn't believe that he cheated on her with, like if he's with someone two seconds later, even yeah. though we know the real scenario because this is a fictional book. Yeah. Like there's no way people wouldn't believe that you're actually cheating on her and you just come up with this fake relationship to get out of being accused of cheating, you yeah. know? It's just so wildly unbelievable and he knows that and she knows that. And that's what makes this all the harder to escape. He can't have a heart to heart with every person in California and be like, no, no, let me explain. So uh, it's going to get out there and it's not going to be in the way he wants it to. I wouldn't be surprised if most people kind of have these like secret lies where their marriage is in name only Mm. and then they are with whoever they want. And like, but I think what's hard about that for Yesh is that's not his reputation. He's like a very honest guy and people aren't going to like that he's been lying about something pretty big his whole campaign career. Hi guys, we are the Little All Flowers Podcast. I'm Winnie Wu. And I'm Tony Rose. We are a historical romance podcast, although sometimes we dip into some paranormal. And contemporary. We talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, we laugh about it, we cry about it, then we pot tail. What's a pot tail, Tony? A pot tail is when we choose a whiskey that best matches the book series and we mix it with tea or find other ways to have it as a cocktail. Then we ponder about our answers to various games. We also talk about all the fun things happening on Bookstagram. If you would like to follow us, please follow us on Instagram Little Flowers Podcast. If you would like us in your ear holes, you can find us on Apple, on Audible, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the podcasts. We love you guys. Hope to hear from you. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Maybe we should jump to chapter 20 because Yush is like a whole tangled bit of yarn. And it's just, or you know when your like necklaces get tangled with each other and you just, you're like, all right, I guess I'll never wear this again. That's what his life is like right now. So in chapter 20, we're following India and we actually learn a whole lot about Brandy. I mean, we got to meet her daughter a couple of chapters ago and she's just completely starstruck by all of these people, (laughs) by Song, by Yush. And and she just loves this world and they're obviously very welcome. She's like a 14-year-old girl. Her name's Ellie. And she's looking to be the new receptionist for this yoga studio, which sounds like a great summer job, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The reason they're sort of there, Brandy and Ellie, is because she's like, she'd like a job, thought she'd bring her by. And, you know, China, I think. China kind of offered her the job. (laughs) She has, and she hasn't left yet. She has not. She's just sort of, uh, she's still planning her romantic escapade to South Korea. But what I like about this chapter is, you know, China and Ellie are off checking out the studio, getting her little orientation. Brandy pulls 
India aside to give her her unsolicited two cents, but it's very appreciated. In a moment of not restraining herself, which is very uncharacteristic of Brandy, she's like, you can't do that. You can't go to South Korea. Yeah. And obviously, uh, China's going to be very defensive of that, of like, who are you? What are you saying? What do you want? And mm-hmm. uh, that's when India's like, come over here, Ellie. Let's go look at the rest of the studio. Like, oh, look, yoga mats. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they have their own little argument that we're not in on. But then, yeah, she does pull her side and tries to give her that advice of, like, listen, I, I've seen people like Song. And if Song isn't ready to do this to make that public step and to come out and be real and 100% with China, if it didn't happen here, it's not going to happen in South Korea. It's not going to end well. Brandy's just wanting to protect her and protect her from that heartbreak. You know, I think we're starting to see just how much Brandy really cares for uh, China. She does give her some more information about like her backstory. We learn about the fact that Brandy like lived on an estate. We're like people who say they've lived on estates. You're yeah. like, oh, you're you're from money. Brandy's load. It's like that <laughs> moment from Crazy Rich Asians where she's where um Constance Wu is like, oh, so you guys are crazy rich, and Henry Golding is like, we're comfortable, and, and she's like, that's no, no, only, no, no, that's only something crazy rich people say to like seem like they're. Relatable, but you're rich. So we sort of learn that Ellie's mom was like her family's housekeeper, but she was always, always, always in love with her and they were really good friends. And then when they like graduated high school, her mom got pregnant um, from Ellie's dad and chose him. And so it made Brandy so upset. She joined uh, the army and she was doing several tours in Afghanistan, but Ellie's mom would write to her all the time. And but she was too heartbroken to open the letters. One day the letters stopped coming. And so she opened them and realized that she had this daughter and she was had now passed away and uh, she would be put into child protective services if she didn't come forward as the guardian of her. Ellie's birth mother had gone through some domestic abuse and violence and so it's really sad. That's where even Brandy feels some guilt of like, what if I had been reading the letters? What if I had been able to write back and maybe help her through that situation? And what if I had been able to go home sooner and and be there for her? And so... She does carry a little bit of that that weight of that guilt, too. She sees what happens when you go through so much pain and hurt, and I think she just wants to protect China from going through that. But you can, you can only help someone so much before they just need to go through it themselves yeah. and learn the hard lesson. I'm definitely taking this because this is one of my favorite plot lines in Sense and Sensibility, where, like, you know, Colonel Brandon... Brandy is Colonel Brandon. He's in love with Marianne and he he has to watch her fall in love with Willoughby. He has to watch her get her heart broken. And he like he knows deep he knows. down that like that's like he's just not a man who's serious about her. And I almost feel like Colonel Brandon's the kind of guy who would say, like, I, I wouldn't even mind her falling in love with someone else if only he was like good enough for her. Brandy, I mean, we don't know her sort of romantic history. She's seen this before. Who knows if it's been in her own life, but she's like, there's no way that like Song is going to accept China. She's going to get hurt. I don't want her to hurt. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it's just not her place. I mean, India knows her sister so well that she's like, I can't tell her that I completely disapprove of her giving up her life and moving to South Korea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we see with Brandy, she's like, you can't. She's like, who do you think you are? So you don't know me. You don't know my relationship. You don't know anything about anything. And that's just sort of the way that she reacts to criticism. Like you said, I, this is just sort of a really hard life lesson that she needs to learn. So then we go into chapter 21. We are back with Yush, back in the campaign 
mode, which he's been doing great. Yeah. He did his debate and it went well. He found out that Nina just <laughs> left for Napoleon. He's currently not having to deal with her. He decides to go see Abdul again and he actually finds uh, Abdul's wife there with India saying prayers and she's actually going through and doing some of her healing rituals. He's surprised to see her. Um, he's very good at interrupting so I'm glad yes. he knows when he shouldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's done with his events for the day and alright Brandy like we can like go part ways. She just happens to tell him like oh well yeah I'm gonna go pick up Ellie. She's working at India's studio and so mm-hmm. he's like oh you're going to the studio I can just go by with you I can just pop by I've been wanting to meet Ellie again yeah totally I just want to see your daughter I, I love this boy who's like oh everyone's friends with India okay cool can, can I come can yeah. I be invited <laughs> He's also trying to be like, how, how is she? Is she doing good? Does she miss me? Is she talking Has about me? Has she asked me? about me? Does she talk, we watch a lot of TV? Like, what's, yeah. Is she seeing anyone? You know, he, like. He actually stops himself from asking, like, has she asked about me? So. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, so he goes in and they see each other again. And he, he very lamely says, like, I'm here to see Chutney. I miss, you know, miss- belly rubbing your dog. Yeah. I think, you know, they kind of just get right to it because India's like, why are you here? If you're here because you need help with panic attacks, yes, I'm here for you. I can help you. If you're here for anything else, no. And she actually tells him, like, you're breaking your promise. She thinks it's breaking the promise of a relationship. He's like, no, I'm breaking the promise of a fake relationship. But Mm. she doesn't know that. Mm -mm. And like, it feels like Yash should just say it. He should just say it's not real. It's not a real relationship. But she is hurt because for the first time she actually tells him, you are with her. You chose her over me. Like you were at that wedding where I thought it was magic and it wasn't magic. Because like that's what Yash says is like that night was magic for me. And she's like, no, like you broke magic for me. Like I can't believe in it anymore because you ruined it for me. Yep. She's great at setting those boundaries. She's like, I can't do this anymore. If you're just going to keep coming back here and expecting something from me when you can't give your whole self to me. It's almost like there are consequences for his actions. Yes. <laughs> Not only that, but she had to be one of the people who finds out on television that he's engaged. Yeah. So not only did he choose Nina 10 years ago, he's still choosing yeah. her over India. So obviously... It makes total sense why India's upset. Because from her point of view, he keeps choosing Nina over and over and over again. And she's like, why are you still here? We talked about this a little earlier, but he is being very, he kind of feels like he has to be complicit in Nina's schemes because he needs to maintain the integrity of his campaign. And it's great that he, it's, it's not sitting well with him that he has to lie to seem like a better person. But he is still being complicit. And I know that India has also talked to him about promises or what you do, not what you say. And I think it's a little shady. And India's like, look, I get that you like me. I get that we have had a connection. But it's not worth anything if you're not going to act on it. You just keep acting on supporting Nina and being there for her. That's not a relationship that I'm interested in. Yeah, she tells him, like, if that's a promise you want to break, you have to do it on your own. I can't help you break that promise. Mm -hmm. And that's really where they leave. And she's just like, you can say bye to Chutney and then you can leave. So I would uh, just take her with me. I'd be like, you can't even say goodbye to Chutney. (laughs) I know. 
Chutney can only get scritches from truth tellers. Yes, exactly. I mean, that pretty much concludes uh, chapter 21. And there's only 28 chapters in the book. So we're going to be wrapping this up like a Christmas present pretty soon. You know, Yush has some really hard decisions to make. Yeah. And I think he's not making them because they are so hard. But also, get on top of it. Tell the <laughs> truth. Choose the path that's right for you, not the path that everyone says is right for you. It's your sort of classic, uh, also to bring Ted Lasso in here, it's like when uh, Ted gives Roy a copy of A Wrinkle in Time yeah. and he learns about a young girl's journey dealing with leadership. <laughs> like that's kind of, he needs to be the leader of his own life and he's just not doing it. Yeah. We're going to find out a lot more about China's life, about Brandy's life, about India and Yusha's situation next week. So be sure to stay tuned. Thank you.